the reading this morning is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went down and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Let's pray together. Father, I, I pray that we corporately, as well as individually, would really grow a similar heart and posture as Samuel had, that we would be people who say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. For Jesus' glory. Amen. Okay, so we've started, started 2024. Um, we've begun a new morning series entitled, Make It Your Ambition. And... There's that lovely phrase a couple of times in the New Testament, make it your ambition, dot, dot, dot. And so over January and the first two Sundays in February, we're picking up different themes. And I'm very aware that Samuel's not in the New Testament, but I've, I've kind of thought there could be a bit of literary license here. And um, it's been very much on my heart that as a church community, the Lord would want us to make it our ambition to pray like Samuel, to grow that desire, to have a Samuel-like heart and passion for prayer. I don't know what your ambitions are at the start of this year. I don't know if you've set particular goals. Um, it's interesting, two weeks ago, um, Andy Finley, a member of uh, SML, who is part of the um, Men's Leadership Core team, came up to me after service and said, Andy, what's your sport and exercise? 
ambition for this year. And if you don't know Andy, Andy, well, I would say in, you know, with a loving pastoral heart, he's a bit of a nutter. <laughs> in, no, I mean that with a deep pastoral heart, because Andy's run more than 100 miles in a day. Andy completed the PTL event in the Alps, which is absolutely staggering. And Andy said to me, what's your sports? What's your exercise ambition for this year? And he said, well, I'd like to be your accountability buddy. So, <laughs> do you know what? The Lord hasn't spoken to me about it yet. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> it's going to come, but I'm waiting. So, Andy, I'm really grateful. But I really, I really hope that amongst our ambitions, amongst our individual goals, we would all have an ambition to pray more and more like Samuel. Those of you who um, use Lectio on, on Monday morning, um, you'd have, you recognize the focus on Jim, Jim Elliott, who is a young missionary to a tribe in Ecuador. And Jim Elliott used this lovely phrase, oh, that God would make us dangerous. And don't you want to become more dangerous for Jesus this year? In order to become more dangerous for him, we need to develop that passion, that discipline of prayer. When we pray, things happen that simply don't happen when we don't pray. They do. You know, this, this week, the Lord's reminded me, on a, uh, reminded me on a number of occasions, and he prays specifically about that. Ask me specifically about that. And, and just in, in small ways, I've seen the Lord responding to that. I kind of think, Lord, why do I have to keep relearning this? But you're probably like me in that actually so easy just to gravitate towards self-reliance. And of course the Lord says, do use your initiative. You know, he wants us to grow as mature adults. But part of that growth is recognizing our reliance on prayer. If we want to be dangerous for Jesus, and I pray that as a church community, in making Jesus known, we will want to be more and more dangerous for Jesus in a really healthy way then prayer is right at the heart of it. It's right at the heart of it. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Isn't that a fantastic posture? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. You know, I think the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you recognize there is mystery in prayer. There's a lot of mystery in prayer. But there's great adventure in prayer. And I, I want us to have that heart that makes us dangerous. And within the kind of whole breadth, there's so many different types of prayer, but within that kind of whole panoply of, of, of different types of prayer, there's listening to his voice. We, we read in the book of Acts that it was the Holy Spirit that, that spoke to Philip and, and told him to go to the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
That's pertinent to today, isn't it? The next chapter, it was the Holy Spirit that revealed the risen Jesus to Paul in Acts chapter 9. Acts 13, as the, as the believers at Antioch gathered together, it's the Holy Spirit that spoke to them and said, set apart for me Saul and Barnabas for the work to which I've called them. And the Holy Spirit did not develop laryngitis at the end of the first century. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. And we need, in order to partner more and more with the Holy Spirit, we need to have the posture of Samuel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. And I want us just to think about this in, in four, four ways today. The first is this, that for however long you've been walking with the Lord, I pray that during this year you will have a desire to grow in prayer, to cultivate a desire to keep learning in prayer. Because in prayer, we are all wearing our plates. There's so much more to discover in prayer. And it's interesting, isn't it? It seems to me that, that some children, interestingly, begin to discern the Lord's voice from quite an early age. But Samuel, like most of us, needed someone to help him to recognize God's voice. He needed the ministry of Eli. And so when God called to Samuel, it was Eli who recognized third time that it was, it was God speaking to him. Samuel ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I wonder, who has been an Eli to you over the years? Who has been someone who has helped you to begin to recognize the voice of the Lord. I look around, can see David and Irene, they've been an Eli to so, so many people. There are many people here who have and who still are Eli's to many people. But we all need, we need to recognize that actually we need to learn from others. We need to learn from others. And just to kind of say, how was it that you recognized the Lord's voice then? Because the word you shared made such a difference in that person's life. What did you sense? What did you see? What did you hear? And some of us, as we're getting a bit older, the Lord will be saying to you, you know, you need to develop that ministry of Eli because I've shared things with you and I want you to share them. So I pray that we will cultivate a desire to learn. At Princeton University, Albert Einstein was approached and he was asked, what is there in the world for research for an original dissertation? And he replied this, find out about prayer. Somebody must find out about prayer. 
And I love that quote. There's a humility in that learned man. And that's, that's a passion you and I need. Lord, we want to learn. We want to learn more and more about prayer. And over the years, you know, as I said, there will have been Eli's, uh, people that you know. There might have been writers who have been like an Eli to you. I think Pete Gregg is one in this, in this season in a remarkable way. And how God uses 24-7 and Lectio, I think God is using him in a remarkable way. I remember quite early on in my um, ordained life reading um, a chapter in a book by Michael Ramsey, who was a previous Archbishop of Canterbury. And um, Michael Ramsey said this about an aspect of prayer. He said, You put yourself with God, empty perhaps, but hungry and thirsting for him. And if, in all honesty, you cannot say you want God... You can perhaps tell him that you want to want him. And if you cannot even say that, you can say that you want to want to want him. And I think there's a lovely humanity in that, about us bringing ourselves honestly and openly before the Lord and saying, I want, I want to know more of you, Lord. I want to hear your voice more clearly. I want to be able to discern your whispers. So I encourage you, cultivate a desire to grow in prayer this year. In Jeremiah 33, the Lord says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And actually the Lord is saying, I have things to reveal to you if you will stop and listen. I have things to reveal to you that will bring a blessing, that will transform someone else's life, that will speak in, into the signs of these days. We need people speaking into these days in different ways, authentically. Not something that's completely wacky and rogue, but something that's authentic from the Lord. Barry Kissel, who was very involved in the early years at New Wine, and I had the privilege of traveling with him a few times. He used to say, the Lord says to us, if you give me your heart, I will give you my eyes. And as we do that, as we cultivate that desire to grow in prayer, we're giving the Lord more and more of our heart in that respect. So firstly, cultivate that desire to grow in prayer. Secondly, let's all remember, there are no second-class Christ followers. There are no second-class Christ followers. You know, there's a myth, I think, that needs to be punched at times, that God is only going to want to speak to those who are evangelists or those who are church leaders or those who are worship leaders. And that is a lie. It's actually some of the early heresies in the church, Gnosticism and Docetism, actually... Uh, kind of perpetuated some of that. Right at the heart of our Christian faith is that the God of the universe wants a personal relationship with every single one of us. And none of us are second-class Christians. We are all level on level ground before the cross. We're all on level ground in terms of God's desire for us to receive more of his spirit. 
and to discern his whispers. It's interesting. Some of you will remember um, a film probably almost 20 years ago, Shrek. Do you remember Shrek? And do you remember the talking donkey? I used to love the talking donkey. Our daughter Livy knew nearly every word the talking donkey uttered and would always be repeating it around the house. A talking donkey is very biblical. You know that, don't you, from Numbers 22. Balaam's ass. The prophet Balaam had become proud and become proud and reckless. And how did God speak to him? He spoke through his donkey. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and said to Balaam, What have I done to make you beat me these three times? Now, if God can speak to and through a donkey, let's not allow the evil one to convince us he cannot speak to and through us. We need a humble confidence that God longs to speak to us, and he will do. In Jesus' teaching and prayer, in Luke 11, verse 13, he says, how much more will your Father in heaven, sorry, I'm jumping around a bit, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The only requirement is asking. There are no second-class Christians. It's interesting, yesterday, we... um, we drove up to Leatherhead to, um, it was our eldest grandson's fourth birthday party, which was completely mad. It was, it, was, it was lovely, really noisy, and it was great. But on the way up there, uh, there's a small stretch of the M3, A3 that we were on, and uh, there was a bit of graffiti on the edge of a railway bridge. And I think this graffiti was written by a Christian because it said, you are deeply cherished. And as we drove past, we and I was saying, Lord, may, may every driver really hear that and receive that. You are deeply cherished. That's part of Jesus' message to the world. Every single one of us, every person we encounter during the week is deeply cherished. There are no second-class Christ followers. You are deeply cherished. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you and through you. And he wants to speak to us so much that the Holy Spirit actually prays for us and helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray. Romans 8 and Romans 5 speaks into that a lot. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And we need to recognize that the Spirit carries a wisdom we don't have. The Spirit brings a love that we're short of. The Spirit empowers us. The Spirit gives us insight that we don't have. And God wants us to receive that There are no second-class Christ followers. Third insight, or third, this is more of a question. 
Okay, God spoke to Samuel. God wants to speak to us. But how do we recognize his voice above the noise? Above the noise of an re- increasingly noisy world. Above the distortions the evil one will want to throw at us. And above all the internal voices that go on in our own heads. How can we recognize God's voice? We're just, I mean, first of all, to say, there aren't any simple equations. (laughs) It requires discernment. But we can have greater confidence that God's able to speak to us than that we're able to mess it up. And I think that's really important. But a couple of points that I found very helpful over the years is that when we think about how do we recognize someone else's voice, if, for instance, if, if we get a phone call on our mobiles from a, a mobile number we, we don't recognize, I mean, quite a number of us might not take it, but if you do take it, how do you recognize a person? It's usually through the tone and the content of what the person says. And that's a really important thing in terms of recognizing God's voice. The tone and the content. Jesus says in John 10, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. We need to learn to recognize the tone of Jesus' voice and the content, the sort of things Jesus would say. Which is why we need to spend more and more and more time in the Gospels and, and just know, spending time understanding Jesus more. Some of you might have been hit by email scamming. Uh, Six months ago, my dad was hit by a scammer. And Fee and I received an email purporting to come from my dad. And, um, And just after I read it, a long-standing friend of my dad's phoned me and said, I think your dad has been scammed. And, and I said, what makes you think that? Um, thinking exactly the same. And he said, the tone. Your dad would never use that tone. And I think that's really important in our discernment of God's voice. Because as we know, terrible things have been done in God's name. But actually, as we begin to become more and more familiar with Jesus' voice, with what Jesus says, what he would do, we can have greater confidence we can discern his voice. And Jesus, in his teaching on prayer, said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Father, the running Father, the loving Father, the Father that gave everything. Not a dysfunctional Father, not an absentee Father, not an abusive Father, but a Father with the biggest heart in the world for his children. And as we begin to recognize the Father's heart, so too we can discern his voice more and more. And I would say it's so important 
that we share. If, if someone gives you a word and you, you're not sure about it, share it with wise Christian friends whom you trust and say, do you think this might be from the Lord? And God will never ask us to do something that's, you know, against, against his word and against the responsibilities he's called us to. You know, over the years, I've had one or two people come to me in a pastoral situation and said, you know, almost suggesting they feel God's calling them into an affair. And, and actually, that's never, that's never the Lord. So there are areas like that that we can help to grow discernment in recognizing God's voice. But I think, I think there's something, just as we begin to close, I think there's something about how do we cope with the noise? How do we hear God's voice above the noise? Because Eli says to Samuel, go and lie down on your bed and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, I think more than anything else, the go and lie down in your bed is about an internal posture before the Lord. Some of us are better at listening to the Lord if we're moving. It's interesting, um, Bishop Andrew Watson, who's the Bishop of Guildford, speaking to his clergy just a few months ago, told them he can, he can be more attentive to God's voice when he's walking in creation than if he's trying to sit quietly in his study. Because there are too many different needs and demands that are jumping at him. And so it can be very personal. I think most of us need to learn to create more physical stillness. But I find that personally quite hard. Well, not quite hard, very hard, really. There are so many voices, aren't there? that are shouting at us. And there can be voices of anxiety, voices that are saying, I'm so worried. There can be voices of anger from the past, deep within us, that kind of say, no, no. There can be acquisitive voices that are kind of saying, I need more, I need more, I need more, that drive us, that stop us really hearing the Lord. There can be voices of judgment, voices kind of like, your mother wouldn't like that. So something that we've done at an evening service, I just want us to do now, just to help us to kind of think about this. Um, and that's, I'm going to, a bit of participation. So I'm going to divide us, divide the church into four. And I want you uh, in a few moments to shout something out. And then I'm going to ask Fee to um, Fee and, and Oliver to come forward. And I want Fee to try and give Oliver a message whilst you're all shouting something out to see how easy it is to hear. So if the people in the front here, I want you to be people who are really angry. Okay? And actually kind of the, in the side aisle, if you can be really angry as well, first half of the side aisle. I just want you to say, no, no, no. Can you do that? Can you shout that out? No, no, no. Really loudly. When we come to it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Back half there, I want you to be really worried. 
I want you to just say, I'm so worried. I'm so worried. I'm so worried. Okay? Um, I don't want to increase anxiety in you, <laughs> but I, I would love you just to enter into that. So, are you able to say that? Are you able to say, I'm so worried. I'm so worried. I'm so worried. I'm so worried. Okay. I want you to be really worried. Okay, for this exercise. Um, the back half here, so I've got to remind myself, I want, you, I want you to be discontent. I want you to want to acquire more. So I want you to say more, 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 more. Is that okay? Can you do that? Go for it. More, 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 more. Andy Finney, you can do it louder than that. That was pathetic. So... From, from that half backwards. And then the front half, I want you to say, your mother wouldn't like that. <laughs> okay? All right? Okay, so your mother wouldn't like that. All right? Your mother wouldn't like that. Okay. Right now, guys, you've got to do it really loudly in a minute. So, f honey, if you can come up, and Oliver, if you can come up. So Fee is going to pretend to be the Holy Spirit, who's got a message for Oliver. Okay? I don't want you to come any closer, Oliver. Just, um, so, honey, in a moment, once everyone starts shouting out what I've asked you to, I want you to try and convey that message to Oliver. Okay, so on three, if you can shout out what I asked you to shout out. One, two, three, go for it. <laughs> Love. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Fantastic. Could you hear it, Oliver? No, you couldn't hear it. You couldn't hear it. Now, okay, if, we, if we're quiet now, and honey, you speak those words to Oliver that you were trying to speak then. Did you hear that? Okay. Thank you. So, the Holy Spirit wanted to say to Oliver, Oliver, I love you deeply. Your friend is hurting and confused. And I want you to go and see them and share some encouraging words with them. Wouldn't you like to have been the recipient of those encouraging words? If you were hurting deeply at that point, if you were confused, that's what the Lord loves to do. And that's what he wants to grow more. I know it happens across an SML. I love it. But he wants to grow that more and more and more. In our life groups, in our services, in all sorts of different ways but he will want you also to communicate those words in your workplaces, in your social groupings, appropriately in ways that can be well received. So I pray that we all will make it our ambition to pray more and more like Samuel, to say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen.